Here we go. He's Chris Landry. I'm Dave Hooker. It is Chalk Talk brought to you by Owl's Nest Barbecue. And you have got to check out Owl's Nest Barbecue when it comes to the sauces, when it comes to the rubs. They've got it all. Please like, subscribe, and share. Tennessee Pounds, Tennessee Martin, which is not a great surprise. We're going to get a good preview of Kentucky in as things get a little bit more real this week. First, Chris, if I may ask, if you were to pick two or three players or two or three areas that graded out in a game that was obviously a mismatch, who would those people or areas be after the Tennessee Martin game? Thought the offensive line did a really good job. I thought, um, I thought Fant played well at tight end. I mean, Hooker played well, uh, um, you know, but I, but I think the offensive line, uh, I thought the secondary did a little bit better at corner. Um, you know, overall, it was pretty, pretty solid game. I, you know, you, you have a little bit of a malaise in some of these games. I didn't really see that. I saw them play very, very well. And um, I, I was really impressed with the, what they were able to get done. Yep. Well, uh, they set up, I believe, a record for most points scored in several, several years in the first half. And then it was pretty much done from there, which is what we expected. I don't think Kentucky is going to shake out that way. What do you think of the Wildcats so far this season? Well, they're different. They're different than what Kentucky has been in the past in that um, they're a team that normally is a really good line of scrimmage team that runs the football, plays good defense, and, you know, just their margin of the passing game. When Will Levis is, is healthy, they've been a really good passing attack. The receivers are really good. They've been slow to get the running game going. Uh, they're starting to get better, mainly because Chris Rodriguez is back. It's not a dominant, you know, not as good an offensive line. I wouldn't say dominant. They've never been dominant. But they've been really good in the offensive line. Not as good this year, but they're still pretty good. Defensively, I think they scheme up very well. You saw what they did against Mississippi State, did a very good job of causing a lot of problems there. Um Look, it's a good team. I mean, it's it's a good team. Are they capable of beating Tennessee? Look, I think Tennessee would have to play poorly. I think that that this is a defense that's going to cause Tennessee some issues, meaning um, I think I, this is how I think they're going to play it. I think they're going to try to play the run um, without committing extra numbers into the box and play a lot of split safeties. Two deep safety look, two shell, and – prevent the big play. I think that they're going to look at teams that have struggled against Tennessee and maybe some teams have had some success. And that's the, that's the blueprint. Now you got to execute it. Well, can they get enough pass rush in doing that? Cause you can, you can do that, but they've got too many weapons, just Tennessee to cover all those guys for very long. So you've got to get good edge rush. So, the way Tennessee's offensive line is playing, they're in pretty good shape going into the game and certainly the favorite. But this is a game in which you, you know, you've got to play well. I mean, there's no question about it that this Kentucky team is capable of causing some problems, um, you know, in a different way than maybe uh, Vol fans might be used to watching Tennessee, uh, watching Kentucky. Yeah, it's it's a program that has certainly gone from a doormat to very respectable, in my opinion. And I've yes. got a, a tremendous amount of respect for what Mark Stoops has has been able to do there. The million dollar question with this Tennessee offense is is going to continue to be 
Tennessee's receivers versus the opposing secondary. What do you what do you make of that matchup? Well, big advantage Tennessee, and which is why I think you know Kentucky's going to have to play split safety so that you can get your corners help. So you know, in a cover two, you're going to play outside leverage of the receiver. So you're going to force them to the field, and you're going to have the safety you know over the top. Now the 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 issue that comes up when playing Tennessee is. Tennessee is a predominant three wide look, and they usually will get three receivers to a side. You got to declare, and that means you, you're going to have a safety deep to cover them in which they can work underneath or run the football if the safety stays deep and Tennessee likes to run the football and that, against that look, or you're going you're gonna, to you know, come down and cover the guy and then the, – the difficulty is, do you have a guy that can cover the slot guy? And a lot of what they do is, of course, run the, the the slot fade, where, you know, a guy from the slot ends up running the fade and it's it gets defenders crossed up. So it's quite the challenge. Um, I don't think it matches up very well. But, again, it's all about what type of pressure up front you can do to neutralize the time that they have to – you know, to have success. I've mentioned this to you before. I think the biggest thing in studying the tape, uh, again, of, of Tennessee, Alabama, the biggest key to success, yes, Hendon Hooker was great. Jalen Hyatt was great. All those things were absolutely true. But the reason they're able to do, were able to do that, the offensive line play didn't get enough credit. Yes, the ball comes out quick. Yes, the tempo helps. But the edge rushes of Bama did not wreck this game in a way that I thought they potentially could have success. They didn't. And that's up front. So I think the offensive line is maybe the untold story of how good this run has been for Tennessee this year. No, I agree with you. And we're able to visit with uh, Cooper Mays on our YouTube channel. We want you to like subscribe and share, and that's where you can find uh, Chris's uh, videos as well as a part of Off the Hook Sports. And it's brought to you by Owl's Nest Barbecue. If you're anywhere close to the Ottawa area or driving through, you've got to pull right off from that. It's right off the exit. And you're going to be able to pick up uh, the sauces, the rubs, anything you need, uh, the wood chips. They've got the pellets and they've got the Green Mountain Grills. Go get that Green Mountain Grill. There are other brands out there. Trust me, you'll be much happier with the Green Mountain Grill. But this this offensive line, I'm curious as you've graded them throughout the years, I thought would be slightly above average. I believe they've been better than that as you've graded them throughout the season. How would you put that into words and what they've done this year? No, they've graded out very well. Um, <clears throat> I mean, you know, I thought they had a chance to be better. They, they're quite a bit better thus far. Um, and, you know, the good thing about – Saturday's game against UT Martin is the starters played like, um, let's see, I think maybe, you know, I don't think any of the starters, I don't have that look and see if I, if I can find, I don't think the starters played more than 50 snaps. That's correct. So um, you're looking at guys that to me, I thought Wright and Spragans and Carvin were really good. Um, particularly in the run game. So, I, I, you know, I like the way they were able to uh, to get a lot of work because that that's an important element going down the stretch because you're going to have some injuries and you keep the middle. You know, everybody talks about the tackles, and tackles are the 
protecting the edge of the speed rushers. But to me, you know, where your offensive line grows and becomes great is in the middle at center. You know, that that's really important. And I think they're grading out very well, playing very well. And again, probably the untold story as it always is, as to how good this team really is offensively. All those explosive plays on the highlights that you see, I mean, they, they don't come as uh, frequently as it, it does if the offensive line is not playing as good as they are. And, and that definitely showed up against Alabama. Alabama, con, uh, contrastly, they're having problems on the offensive line. I mean, they're not they're not playing very well at all on the offensive line. And, and they're trying to camouflage it. And the quarterback's kind of running around making plays because they can't block, pass block very well. And they're not run blocking all that well. They got like 29 yards against Mississippi State. So just by comparison, this Tennessee offensive line is playing a lot better. Yes, the scheme helps it, but they're just playing better even though it's helped. Because the scheme helped it last year and they didn't play nearly as well. Yeah, and I I really like Darnell Wright, who um, at right tackle, when he was moved from left tackle to right tackle, I thought to myself, why would you mess with something that's gone pretty good to this point? Well, that's why I'm not a coach, Chris. I was wrong. He's played fantastic at right tackle. And if you can kind of address that, and then what you think Tennessee's gotten out of left tackle uh, in uh, Jeremiah Crawford and Gerald Mincy. Well, I think – both the left tackle positions and the right tackle positions have been really sound, but, but right has been outstanding. And the thing about it is I get why they're doing it. First of all, in this scheme, you've got to have two edge protectors that have like left tackle feet, right? To me, it's a good move for him personally, because that's where he's going to be at the next level. He's a right tackle. I mean, he's 345 pound guy. I mean, he's six, four. And um, I mean, I think he's more of a, of a guy that's a fit on the right side in, in, in the NFL. So, look, he's done a very good job, and the tackle positions protecting the edge has been a big part of it. But but i got to tell you, when I'm breaking down tape, they're getting after it in the run game too. I mean, they're mauling some people, and they did that against Bama. I mean, it's not like they're just spreading and it's all tempo and just spread. They're, they're getting movement off the line of scrimmage, which has been really impressive. And quite frankly, better than I thought they would at this point. So they're – a little bit, you know, I, I try not to have expectations, good or bad, because as a scout, that tends to work in your mind that you tend to see things that are really not there. So you try to go blank slate, but it's human nature to kind of think, okay, saw this guy last year and I saw this line and I saw some of the issues. I, I'm seeing a great deal of improvement by that whole unit. Well, I think that's a testament to the, the, inner belief of this team in themselves. And Chris, I, 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 I wanted to ask you just in terms of getting a team from hope to believe. And Mark Stoops has done that to in a different way at Kentucky. But how challenging is that? Because it appears as if the balls have gone from hope to believe and did it even before you and I knew it. Yeah, I think it's always a challenge because – you really need some success for to get the guys to buy in. I mean, I see it at every level. It's like, okay, you're a little bit better talent-wise, but you got to find a way to win some of these games so that you buy in. I, 
guys want to buy in. They want to believe. But when they go in and they believe and, you know, and then it doesn't work out, it's a problem. I mean, I see it at the pro level all the time. The Detroit Lions, their belief that maybe some people watch the, the, the hard knock show. Belief that it's going to be different. And then after starting off like gangbusters on offense, now they're struggling. They're making mistakes. Well, it's just the belief's not there. The confidence is not there. Yet on the other hand, the Jets and the Giants playing really well, you know, and this is at the highest level of football where they're all pros. They don't, they, they don't have to, yeah, they deal with the same issues. You go into college. Absolutely. And, and I think that, you know, going on the road and beating Florida and, you know, and, and um, even Pitt, I mean, you know, those are baby steps. You take a step, you go into Baton Rouge, you win a game and now you're confident. Obviously, beating Alabama is the ultimate belief that we can do that. Yes, we are good, and we can. That's a buy-in that that you, you know, you can sit there and say they had it and they were confident in it. I believe they were, but you can be confident, but you have to go out and do it. Now there's a there's a blueprint. There's look, we've been here before, and and we've taken care of business. We can do this as opposed to. We believe we can do it. We know we can do it. So I think that makes a huge difference. And look, they're going to get more challenges. Now they're expected to beat Kentucky. So now you got a different role. You're a favorite against a team that it could be potentially dangerous if you don't play well. So the danger is if you're sloppy, you make mistakes, you could end up getting beat like Alabama was beat. You could end up being them, you know, and then, then you do that. And then you're going to go up against Georgia where it's it's Alabama all over again. It's now you got to win this game on the road in Athens. Can you do that? Are you t- So that's the thing about when you start to have success, each and every game becomes bigger. It's a bigger challenge because you know what? If you lose to LSU, you lose to Alabama, and, you know, this game's <laughs> – we're not talking about this game the same way, right? I mean, now we're talking about it with Tennessee with the – much heightened expectation level than if they uh, had lost a couple of games. And then where would they be? I felt like in that Alabama game, and I mentioned this to you last week, if Dallas Turner ran it in, my concern for Tennessee was not whether they were going to win the game because I kind of thought they were going to lose it at that point, but how they were going to respond. Was this going to be a devastating loss? You know, I mean, in, in fortunately for them, they didn't have to deal with that. They won it. But I think those things sometimes help to build confidence that, you know, we were down and we came back and won it. We got it done. I mean, those things matter. They absolutely matter. We're seeing around the league, we're seeing LSU playing with a lot more confidence because they came back against Mississippi State. They now came back against Ole Miss. I mean, those things matter. And yet they couldn't quite close the door in the early part of the season against Florida State. This is a mature Tennessee team that's playing with a lot of confidence. And this is why I think they're, in the situation that they're in. And I don't think it's, uh, I would have said and did say, I don't like their chances against Alabama or Georgia. And I'm not saying they're going to beat Georgia, but I feel a lot better about their chances than I did, you know, even four weeks ago. Crazy how things have changed. Uh, Chalk Talk brought to you by Owl's Nest Barbecue right there in Ottawa. Like, subscribe, and share all of your barbecue needs. 
in one central location there at Al's Nest Barbecue. You'll love it. This has been a presentation of Off the Hook Sports.